0: Our intro music, y'all.
1: I know me too. Yes, yes. Hey, ladies, how y'all
2: been? All right, rested.
1: Rested.
2: (laughs) We are (laughs) live. Oh, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm Carmen, aka
1: Mama D. Yes, and I'm Kawashika,
0: and I'm Karen, aka K Dog, back from 1985, my high school days, y'all. <laughs> I'm living, I'm living back in the past. On, What's back, up?
1: Back, back, back. Yeah, we're coming to Miami. Miami's?
2: I'm good.
1: Good, good, good. How you
2: doing, Mama D? I'm good, girl. I'm good. good. I went to um, Elon. Um, I'm representing today, Yay! Elon University, to watch my nephew play. Oh, I, it was so much fun, you guys being back in the stadium and yelling and screaming and hollering. Like they lost by two points, but when I tell you it was an excellent game, they yeah. with eight seconds left, they missed a field goal. Well, the field goal was tipped um from the 35 yard line and they ended up losing. But it was a wow. really good game. It was fun, exciting. I love football. I know so right. what school is that? Elon University. It's in uh, North Carolina, close to like Beans it's in between Greensboro and um Riley Durham. Oh, okay. Okay. You know what one you know I
0: One thing for me, I, um, these universities, we are, we don't know how many universities out there. And you know what? When my son played U, uh, NT, and I Mm -hmm. I found out there was another black college, I was just like, where?
3: Because all I know about is.
0: How come we don't know about right. the right. other schools? So, see, I have never heard of this school before. And Elon is thirty-one. Really, thirty-one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you know what? We 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 got to uh, bring some of these colleges on to expose our kids. Right. right. Absolutely. That they can absolutely go to and get edu- uh, education because I've never mm-hmm. heard of that school before. hmm wow so what else y'all what else did y'all have going on what what else did y'all do this week
2: kasha can mm-hmm. tell us about the hat Girl, we gotta hear
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> guys listen oh hold on give me a second here so i end up going to california i went to la of course, mm-hmm. gorgeous, gorgeous. Oh my god. LA is the place to be. I don't think about LA is it is expensive, but it is absolutely gorgeous, right? So of yeah. course, you know, once I got to the stadium, the City, College stadium, oh. the stadium is like really, really, really big. It's like a historical like, they're not going to turn it down. And I see why. It's just amazing to be in a um, a stadium like that, guys. So I ended up purchasing me a hat because I was like, yeah, I'm from Texas. So I got to represent yes but the game my son of course he, they played san hazel uh jose hazel jose and they did win oh my god the band was awesome you got to see the mascot uh ride the horse like i like all of that listen i had so yes. fun, guys i did i did it was like a mini vacate. but the most important thing i was able to spend time with my
3: Fun.
1: Oh my God. Good. That was so fresh. And he had just moved in his graduate apartment. So I was able to decorate and oh um, with the mama's touch. Yes. And we missed yes. and yes. So that was the, the icing on the cake. That was the whole cake.
2: Yeah. I just
1: I miss my baby. I am not gonna lie, I'm like, oh my god. And then I hate, I hate the leave, you know, I had to leave, but right but everything it was good the people the game just live just in a positive environment and i learned the signals this mean
0: victory oh oh when the when the when the crowd yeah the the
1: band yes when they play their song you know when it's you know the fighting song and everybody doing this and i'm like why they doing this do this mean peace (laughs) because (laughs) we knew yes we're like new. my son knew i'm new so you know I, we got to break in so you know this crazy woman running around like she cry. who is she who is she she's nixon's mom yes so right on time but yeah i had so much fun
0: i saw that video of you walking down them stairs girl you looked it like you belong there like i am here let's go
1: and I was looking at it the other day. I said, I'm, I'm moving fast. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I did a little editing to it, but I was still moving down them steps a little fast to be 42. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the excitement. Like, once yeah. I get into the environment, you cannot stop me. Either you're going to join me or you're going to yes. get away from me. Or get behind from you. Me. Yes. and And so, you know, we got to sit the parents and the family got to sit very low like the third row to i'm talking about they did us the hospitality was awesome wow. but you know for some parents they're just not like me so when they sit there and be quiet i gotta move okay guys excuse me <laughs> <laughs> i better
0: to go over here with the kids <laughs> i'm sorry so right over. yes so yes. you can't go over I there am. and make a noise
1: Yes, I'm yes. laughing many times they put the camera. I'm up on the camera. That's I'm just it's just I was born into this. That's how I can tell you, y'all. I was yes. just born into it. And then to see my son to get to play, you know, uh he didn't score anything, but just to get to see him on the field, because we're you no. Know? You can't right. just jump yes. in there and just think you can take over. <laughs> right. Yeah, so
0: yeah.
1: Anyway, it was awesome. Well, that's
2: good. I'm a Trojan. Yes, mama. a Trojan mama. Yes, yes. yes. And okay, you know well, what, I, I don't think... go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to remind everybody to follow us on IG, Facebook, YouTube, and yes. Can We Talk Sports. And if you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button and turn on your notifications. Make sure you let people know you're watching this, okay? Absolutely. That's right, that's right. Uh, so
0: what I did um, this past week, I went to a conference. Mm-hmm. And the conference was called Million, Millions Conference. And this is my fourth year. And um, it was it was awesome just being around millionaires. You know, when right. you were esteemed to, to go where somebody else is, you gotta surround yourself around them. And right. so it right. was it was it was just wonderful, wonderful life, practical things. You know, you and the the millions conference was for entrepreneurs. So it's for mm-hmm. those people who have businesses. And you think that there is this, you know, trick, not trick, but this little thing where you do this and then you become a millionaire. Well no, no it's it is you have to continue to work in it. Mm-hmm. You have to, you know, the God one of the speakers. He brought it from Genesis, and he brought it from when God created the uh, heaven and earth. And he said when he created, he hovered over it. And I mm-hmm. was like, he said, when you create mm-hmm. a business, you got to hover over your business until yes. you
3: speak,
0: you speak things into existence. And I was just like, wow, it was true. just. It was it was an amazing, amazing experience. And I will, I'm you going know, everybody next year.
1: <laughs> I'm going next I year. going to go next year. Yeah.
2: yeah. I started. You're going to have a her. whole group of us. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah
0: it's just going to Encourage she, each yeah,
1: other. Yeah. She's really good. She's really real. She's a real prophet.
0: Yes. And, and,
1: yeah. and the way you know, because you have a lot of people come against. So when a lot of people come against, you the real deal. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have nobody coming against you. you not real. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And she speaks her mind. Oh, my God. I said, where you been,
4: girl?
1: Where right. You been? i would have been be follow you. But yeah. So yeah. I definitely want to be in that atmosphere because she is really, really good. She really is. And she follow God. That's the key. Yes. And
0: yes. That's the key so so i um you guys i'm so excited about today's show we have a hockey player Mm -hmm. ice hockey ice hockey player and she's a girl so i'm just Mm -hmm. i just can't wait to say baby Mm -hmm. how did you get into ice hockey so i'm just excited to have sarora tinker on the show Mm -hmm. she was drafted uh, as a professional hockey player And I'm just so excited to have her on the show So she's coming up uh, real soon So you guys stay tuned Watch the show to the end Share this video Tell somebody who likes hockey to, to share this to, uh, to come and subscribe to our talk show So um, we have Let's go into some hot topics So let's watch this clip You guys well, let's switch gears now. Defending U.S. Open champ Naomi Osaka suffered a surprise defeat overnight, losing her composure and the match in front of a crowd at Arthur Ashe Stadium. And now she's talking about taking another break from competition. Janae Norman
5: has the story. Overnight a tough loss for Naomi Osaka at the U.S. Open. Her frustration on full display before delivering the stunning admission during an emotionally charged press conference. I honestly don't
0: know when I'm gonna play my next tennis
5: match. I think I'm gonna take a break from playing for a while. Osaka's decision coming after a grueling three-set defeat in the third round at the US Open against teenager Layla Annie Fernandez. The tennis superstar seen slamming her racket to the ground. Now she says she needs a break from the pressures of the sport. When I win, I don't feel happy. I feel more like a relief,
1: um, and then when I lose, I
2: feel very sad,
5: and I don't—I don't think that's normal. Osaka struggles with mental health dates back to 2018 when she was victorious at the U.S. Open, withdrawing from Roland Garros in May. The tennis player telling Times Magazine in July, I communicated that I wanted to skip press conferences at Roland Garros to exercise self-care and preservation of my mental health. I stand by that. Athletes are humans. Perhaps we should give athletes the right to take a mental break from media scrutiny on a rare occasion without being subject to strict sanctions. Her U.S. Open loss marks Osaka's first competition since the Summer Olympic Games when she participated in the opening ceremony for Japan, her home country. Now it's unclear what the future holds. And the 23-year-old saying right now, tennis isn't fun for her. The announcement now opens questions as to when Osaka will return to the court, even raising the question if she ever will. Guys. All right, Janae, thank you. Wow.
0: Wow. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. You know what? These these athletes, they are human. They are human. They're kids. They deal with Mm -hmm. emotions. They deal with ups and downs and highs. And so we have put these kids on a pedestal that they're trying to live up to and Mm -hmm. they're afraid to, you know, to fall or to not perform the way we think they should perform. And so we have to get out in front of this and get these mothers and really talk to them about, um, about mental health for, for the kids.
2: Absolutely. I, I just think back to, um, the first match that she won, um, when she beat, um, Serena. And that should have been like a joyous occasion. She like won, you know, a, a grand slam in the way that it ended and how upset Serena was and stuff like, she didn't get to enjoy it like that. It didn't bring joy to her, even though she had just, and I just think back to how her introduction to us was and how, all this time she's been struggling with not having joy, like it not bringing her joy, the sport that she loves. And that's hard. It's hard. hard.
6: And so it makes me think, is she playing because she wants to play or she playing because that's what she's being pushed to do. Um, It just looks like that is taking her heart out of it. And it's just not something that she wants to do. So I question why is she even playing? Um, because when it's something that you want to do, there's a drive that overtakes you and it pushes you through to the next level. So I'm thinking, you know, is this a parental thing or or, or what is it? Is it something financial for the family? What is the, the driving point? Because she, she looks exasperated. She's just out of it. And she cannot cope with it, and but my heart goes out to her because I know parents can tend to live through children. Uh, you see it in Little League, in those coaches, uh, the way they act. come on, man. But mm. you know that. So that's my thought. I just want to know what's the root of it because it's bigger than uh, not winning. It's bigger than just oh, I lost again or what have you. Because winning and losing. You know, that's that's a part of the game. That's a part of uh, being an athlete. Mm -hmm. It comes with you have to uh, there's losses. uh, We have that uh, saying on any given Sunday, you know, you can win or lose. And that's how you go Mm -hmm. when you come back the next season or the next game. So my question is, what's what's driving her? That's it. I want to know what why did you even start playing tennis?
1: Yeah, because what got me when she said uh, when she win, she feels yes. a release.
2: Mm-hmm. When release. she
1: lose, mm-hmm. she feels sad. Release and sad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Normally, when you win, of course, what you're happy, right? You're you're mm-hmm. you're, you're really happy. So, in this case, somewhere the ball has been dropped like she may have loved it at one point Mm -hmm. but it's 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 some background chatter it's 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 almost like you said is it a love for the parents it's more the parents want her to do it because when like you said when you love to do something it, it just drives you to do more your passion to do more, so release anytime you want to release something, and you say it, it just—it it doesn't make sense. She wants, she feel mm-hmm. a
6: release. It's just like no mm-hmm. peace on either right. way. On either way, yeah, right. either way.
1: On if rather by mm-hmm. win or lose.
0: Yeah, but no you know piece. our athletes, you know they experience burnout. You know, just think yes. If, Been playing a sport ever since you could hold a tennis racket or uh, bounce a ball, ever since you were six or seven years old, and you've been doing it, and now you're 20 some years old. You know, you can't even go and continue to practice, uh, hang out with your friends because you got to practice to be better, you know. So, you know, just her being able to be to have a normal life has been interrupted because she became a professional uh, tennis player. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, being able to go to target and not nobody uh, following you or uh, bothering you, you know, that's valuable, you know, to have that type of peace. um, Mm -hmm. As an athlete. So, you know what, we kind of think, uh, what is it? The uh, gold, the glitter, the things are glitter. What I think that glitter is not gold. gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, we we mm-hmm. strive to want to have the money that goes along with professional athletes, but what about everything else, the baggage that goes with it? Right.
6: Right. So, um, with you ladies being mothers uh, with children with active sports, what would you tell a tip that you we could give a parent tonight? about how to handle the pressures of your child
0: playing sports.
1: Good question. Good question.
0: For me, I go back to balance. You know, I think that is my number one thing to be able to share with parents is balance cuz I experienced not creating a balance for my son. It was all about sports. I did not introduce nothing else that he could like to do. And so I think we have to go back to balancing, you know, uh, you know, when when uh, family functions come up. Oh, I can't go because I have to practice. Well, no, you have to you keep those things open. Practice, you know, that one practice is not going to cause you to lose, you know, create that balance, create that family relationship and stop putting the sports above those things. But, you know, elite athletes, in order to be elite, that's kind of like what they do. I haven't seen an athlete Mm -hmm. that's been able to balance it all. Do you know of an athlete that can say that you've seen that balances family, kids, and the game? Well, what I want
2: you to remember, you
0: said
6: the word balance. Uh, These coaches, they actually don't allow balance. What do you mean you miss one practice? No, they feel like I can't mix practice. I got to go. I got to do this. I can't go. Coach Mm -hmm. said I can't miss it. No, Mm -hmm. we're going to the family reunion. So come on, let's go. But it's Mm -hmm. like the coaches give though that, that pressure as well. And just to do balance, you just have to put your foot down as a parent and say, no, this is how we're going to do it.
2: You know what, when my kids were coming up, I liked, I liked to instill in them, a lot of different um, things for them to do. First of all, I wanted them off the streets. I wanted to keep them busy. So, I mean, Malik was playing football, but Malik was playing the saxophone. Malik was in the jazz band. Malik was a black belt in karate. Like, you know, just, not just one thing. And it wasn't just football, it was basketball. You know, he ran track. It wasn't like, we have to give these kids um, other options mm. in their life and, and especially and coming from being a, a teacher, like academics was going to be first. And I told them all, like all this other stuff, football, it, all of that other, it's, uh, it's extra curriculum. It comes after you get your studies. So, I mean, I worked for the football, the head football coach, I was his assistant and he was mad as heck at me when my league didn't get to go out there and practice because he didn't do his summer reading. No, you're going to sit here in this chair in front of me until your summer reading is done. And yeah. I don't care who is mad at you, but you're going to get this school first. You're going to get your academics first. Uh-huh. And when you get done and when you do it and you to ex- excel at it, then you can go out on that football field, but not until. So you got you, they have to have some balance. Yeah. And they have to have other things in their life. Right. That they can turn to. Having
1: fun. They gotta have fun. Excuse me. Yes. I believe like when I tell my son, just, you know, go have fun when you get out there on that field or just period, you gotta have fun guys. Some type of recreational besides what you're doing, you know, as far as football, but uh, basketball, you gotta have fun, you got something else you love to do, uh, go to the movies, uh, something uh, with your family, you know. But you know, of course, in college, it's a different ball game because the family is away. Um, you really, you know, out there by yourself. And so, but you still got to find, cause I don't, I believe my son say he haven't even, you know, just been around LA. He just, you know, it's just practice, practice, practice. And it's really now just practice, practice, practice or whatever they do. And so it's just like, it's almost, we taught them in a way because we go to work. Mm -hmm. You know, and some of us had to work two jobs. They literally seen this, like seriously, like Mm -hmm. we didn't stop. We, you know, we did whatever we needed to do, you know, to take care of our family. So it's almost being taught in a way, you know, from us. But Mm -hmm. of course, you know, vacation, taking them on vacation trips. But yeah, having fun. I think that'll help that that'll basically balance it out and 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 go from there
0: that's good that's good that's some good advice you know we might need to bring on um a mental health coach or counselor to come and give some practical things to the parents of what they can do or things that they can look out for when they see burnout or they see something going on with their students. So mm-hmm. um, I think that will be good because you know, that's what this show is about is bringing a resource to the parents, uh, to help them make an informed decision.
1: Right. And then of course us, the black community don't like talking about mental
2: health. I, yes. and I don't know why. It's a stigma and we have to break that. We have to break that stigma <clears throat> off of our people because all of us need some help every now and then. mm mm-hmm. every, everybody well, because, like Well,
6: because, you know, we're so rooted uh, in the Black community and, and with the foundation of church. And so we mm-hmm. feel that everything has to work through prayer, and, and it does. But then mm-hmm. we have to remember that in every other area of our life, he's given the understanding to people. To create other things, to make things that make life simpler for us. Uh, just, just the uh, having the knowledge of building the airplane and having it suspended midair. I mean, just just that whole thing. And so there are people that are professionals in every area, and God gives that He gives that knowledge, and we they we share it in every area of our lives. Except mm-hmm. when it comes to mental health, it's okay to have a professional, yes. and that's not what we're taught. We're taught that if Jesus mm-hmm. can't fix it, and that's just honest conversation. Yeah, and and yeah. and and don't you think for a minute that Big Mama don't believe that he can fix it? But mm-hmm. we have other resources. We know who our source is, but there are other mm-hmm. resources that we can uh, take on and and we have access to, and, and we just don't in our Black community. It's just shunned upon. <clears throat> you mm-hmm. know, growing up, you hear, oh, that family over there, they're crazy. And you grow up thinking, oh, yeah, they crazy. All them they over crazy. there are crazy. Not knowing that there was a mental health issue that need to either yes. be medicated or talked mm-hmm. out. and But mm-hmm. we did not, and, and that's the whole thing. Um, that we have that, uh, as Mama D said, that stigma of, of no, we can't. Uh, we're so bent on se- family secrets. No, we can't tell. You don't tell what go on in this house. Whatever mm-hmm. happens in this house stays in this house. Stay you in know, this house. We all grew up hearing it if we haven't communicated to our own children. And so we mm-hmm. have to understand that that's where they are with it. And that's what's going on. Look like I had a little difficult
1: difficulty. The devil is a lie I'm gonna talk about. Oh, it yeah, he, <laughs> he, he don't want to talk, tell the truth.
2: He don't Telling want the, to the, the, the truth. truth. And yeah. But so, Big yeah, Mama, you are absolutely finished. right. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm sick, if I'm not feeling well, yeah, I'm gonna pray about it. I'm gonna lay hands on myself. My daughter is the one. She will just knock you down, trying to lay hands on you but uh, I'm gonna pray about it. Yeah, I'm gonna give it to God, but you know what? I'm gonna go to the doctor too, if I exactly. feel like I need to go to the doctor because the Lord has given me those resources to yeah. tap into. So if I feel like I need some mental help, yeah, I'm gonna pray about it. I'm gonna give it to God, but I'm, I'm gonna go see me a psychiatrist too. I I'm haven't yet, but I'm. you know what? The, when I was teaching at this, when I was teaching, thing about teachers, y'all, the students have to think you just a little bit off the oh. edge because otherwise they're not going to take you seriously. You know, oh, she ain't going to do that. No, they have to be thinking, oh, she kind of crazy. You know, she might just follow through on what she said she was going to do. And I believe as a mama too, you got to be a little bit crazy. So, <laughs> Yes, so you uh-huh. guys. Uh- uh-huh. Just so we, they know, like, yeah, she's a little off the edge. She she might just go ahead and do what she said she was going to do. Take an inch. With mm-hmm. her, take That's a mile. what has
3: been
0: shadowed over us, the fear of, of moms being able to talk and being able to open our voices. But we need to open our voices. We need to speak up on behalf of our kids because we're allowing our kids to uh, go to these people. And some of them don't have the best interests. Uh, for our kids, and so we have to defend, you know, we have to stand up for our kids. Yeah, so, yes. But I guess has has arrived, and I can't wait to bring her on the show! Welcome to the
5: yes. show,
2: Miss Tinker! Yay!
5: At just 22 years of age, Soroya Tinker's voice in hockey is loud, It's impactful, and it's important. She loves the game, but at times, it hasn't loved her back. Now she's using her platform as a member of the NWHL's Metropolitan Riveters to share her experience and make a difference, not only for herself and her league, but for the young black girls that she wants to see thrive in the sport.
4: Always speak your mind. Um, Do what you're passionate about. Do what you love. Never apologize for being you and having an opinion. And that's a lot of what I stress to my mentor girls, um, is that we need to find reasons every day to love ourselves. And that's so important as Black women, that we build each other up. But at the end of the day, it's time to make change. And that's what I've realized that I'm here to do.
3: Welcome.
4: Thank you. (laughs)
0: Welcome. Welcome to the show of course so glad i can't wait to uh hear your story i need to know how did you get into ice hockey
4: (laughs) yeah well thank you so much for having me um i got into ice hockey because um i'm actually i'm canadian so uh here in canada it's our national sport so i think Just about everybody has played hockey or put on skates. Um, But I got into hockey, my dad's black, my mom's white. Um, My dad used to play a lot of hockey within the Scarborough region um, in Ontario. And he experienced a lot of racism in the game and wanted to put his kids in it to prove people wrong.
2: Wow. That's good. What'd your mama say? (laughs)
4: <laughs> my mom my mom loves it. My mom uh my mom loves the game as well and loves watching us play. Um but it's definitely definitely my dad is the one that that put us in and uh really loves hockey um for the most part.
0: <laughs> when I was growing up, I remember roller derby hockey and that was the the women, I mean, they would be aggressive and they would be knocking you down. And so is there a difference I don't even know if they still have that right now, but there is there a difference between that and ice hockey?
4: Yeah, I definitely think uh, ice hockey is definitely very physical. Um, there's not direct body contact in women's hockey, uh, so we're not allowed to like open ice hit people, but there's definitely body contact, and it definitely gets rough and tough out there. So um, I love the physical play. I'm a big defenseman, so I, I'm not scared to get in there and, and use my body. <laughs> <laughs>
2: wow. All right. I on. love it, Soraya. So first of all, I have to hear you say about because I love the way Canadians say about.
4: About.
3: <laughs> about.
2: I love it. Okay, so beautiful. I I love hockey. Like I I love hockey. Mm-hmm. Um and I love to watch it. Um tell me about how it was being a female in the sport of hockey? And how did you keep all your teeth? Cause...
4: <laughs> yeah, I think um, in the in the sport of hockey, I think um, it's definitely very difficult in terms of being a female. Um, I, I think that automatically when you go into the rink, you're the one that's going to have to get dressed in a different room or, um, or, you know, have to put up with all the boys on your team. Um, but at the same time, I think it's it definitely brings up another challenge for us females but i think it's a good challenge and we obviously have have pushed through it as as we see our professional leagues girls playing in university so pushing through that adversity and and you know proving the boys wrong and making sure that that they know that we're we're just as good
0: <laughs> absolutely and now i uh you went to yale yes oh my god that is amazing tell us about that whole experience
4: yeah i mean definitely hockey is what brought me to the ivy league so um i definitely am blessed to have that in my life Uh, i i definitely don't think i mean i had the grades but i'm not sure that i would have made it all the way to to yale university without hockey um but my experience at yale was amazing um i I didn't necessarily have the best uh, experience with my teammates but off campus um, or on campus with other people that weren't athletes or other sports teams. I had an amazing time. Um, the networking and the connections I made to the friends I made, lifelong mm-hmm. friends. Um, it was an amazing experience and I wouldn't trade it for the world. I, I know I'm incredibly blessed to have gone there. <laughs> what,
2: what'd you get your degree in? What'd you major in?
4: Yeah, so I double majored in the history of wow. science, medicine and public health, uh, as well as sociology. Oh, good. Yeah. Wow.
2: Excellent. <laughs> Go girl. So how do you, you, I don't know if you heard us talking before, but how do you feel about the mental part of athletics right now?
4: Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think it's being highlighted and it is something that should be highlighted. Um, I myself has have struggled in the past. Um, mentally. And I think that a lot of athletes should be respected for their, um, for their choices and whether or not they play um, in terms of making sure that they're okay mentally. I think that people don't realize how much of a mental aspect goes into athletics. Um, but just as much as we got to prepare ourselves physically in the gym, we also have to prepare ourselves mentally once we have a bad shift, or we lose a game or you make a bad play, you got to snap out of that um and mm-hmm. i think that a lot of people don't necessarily have that but mm-hmm. a lot of other people also have things going on outside of our sport mm-hmm. we're more than just yes. our sport we're not yeah. just we're not just athletes so we're humans so just as anybody else in the workplace may have mental health issues we do too
2: <laughs> absolutely
1: like super like, yeah they we look at you y'all like y'all have these superpowers and you know mm-hmm. but yeah. wow so yeah. you know there's other black I mean, our young black girls that may want to start doing hockey, like what would you or what advice would you give them yeah. if they're afraid to do it, you know, to get them started? Like, how would you
4: encourage yeah. them? My my advice is to go for it. I think that you should always try something out if you want to try it. And um, for myself, I think that we should always encourage other black women to try new things. And we, we've got currently six black females playing professional hockey at the professional level and in the Olympics. So for six of us here, we've trailblazed for you guys and we wanna see more of you guys in the game. So get in there, put on your skates and, and kill it just like the rest of us have and, and we'll be here to support you along the way.
2: Now, is that just in Canada or is that in the United States too, the, like the six total?
4: Yeah. So the six total is within my league, and then within the PWHPA. Uh, so Sarah Nurse is with the PWHPA, um, and she's the she's on the Canadian Olympic team. Um, and then there are five girls in the uh, PHF that are currently playing within my league. Um, that there's there's five of us, so uh, that makes six of us playing professionally.
0: Wow, now, that's exciting. Really. It is. And she actually got drafted. I didn't even realize they had drafts. So tell me about that whole experience of being drafted.
4: Yes, I definitely was unsure of whether or not I wanted to play professionally, just of what I experienced in the game before. But um, my coach, my senior year at Yale, definitely made sure to let me know that my talents were going to waste if I didn't enter the draft. Um, And I was super excited to enter. I definitely didn't expect to be drafted as high as I was. Um, fourth overall by the Riveters. But um, at the same time, I recognize what I bring to the team and I, I am definitely a, a, a strong defenseman out there. So uh, if they're looking for people to to make sure no one gets by them there, that's me. <laughs> well,
3: that's
5: now the,
0: the recruiting process for ice hockey is different than for other sports. Can you kind of uh, elaborate on that for parents?
4: Yeah. So, I mean, in the women's game, uh, I, I, I mean, I played in high school. I played for my junior team um, and started being recruited around, um, I would say, grade nine um, is when schools started kind of inviting me to their camps and things like that. Um, and then I actually verbally committed to Yale um, in my 10th grade summer. So uh, wow. very um, and NCAA is definitely fixing those rules now in terms of having recruiting kids early but um, the men's side of the game is a little different uh, men you know they got to choose whether they want to go play in the NHL or if they want to take the, the school route um, whereas us women we, we only really had that NCAA route to take after after high school um, and then after you play your four years in university you're eligible to be drafted to play professionally um, whether that's in North America or in Europe um, And yeah, I mean, I think recruiting in hockey starts pretty early. um, Probably around the ninth grade is when you'll start getting those calls and being able to reach out to teens and things like that.
2: Uh, Now, is that like club? Is that like uh, club hockey or? Because, I mean, ninth grade, that's just like still some places still junior high. So it's not like a high school team. So where are these kids getting the looks from?
4: Yeah, so a lot of it, um, in, in the U.S., a lot of the high schools are strong um, and they do recruit out of high school. Here in Canada, we don't have any, as many private schools that specifically focus on hockey. So um, we technically w- will recruit out of our club teams, um, out of our travel <laughs> teams, things like that. So um, for myself, I was recruited by playing in the PWHL within Ontario, um, and that was the highest level I could play before going to college, but it wasn't in relation to my high school or anything. I, I drove 25 minutes to, to practice and things like that to play um, closer to Toronto um, on a competitive junior team. So it works different in, in Canada and US, but um, private schools are always a good option if you can get in and get a scholarship to go there because they're obviously very expensive. Um, but in Canada, we focus more on our travel and club teams for recruiting. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm. Now it's very, it is I think I might have heard that ice hockey is a very expensive sport to play.
4: Yes. so kind
0: of tell us about that I mean the equipment
4: yes <laughs> yeah, I think that's a, another reason why we we don't see a lot of diversity in the sport is that the kids get pushed out so early just because of the cost. Um, to put it in into perspective uh, the top end sticks. so the the sticks that I, I use they're about 375 each and that's for that's for a stick. you need you need your skates. If you're getting top end skates, that's twelve hundred dollars. You're getting shin pads, you need your pants, you need your shoulder pads, elbow pads, helmet, gloves, all that stuff. So if you're having if you're buying your child top end equipment, um, you're you're probably spending around thirty five hundred dollars on on just about on everything. Wow. And, uh, That's that doesn't even include your your league and your season costs and travel that you're going to be playing with. So um, I know for myself in my junior year when I was being recruited on that team, um, I believe my parents cost for me playing that season was around nine thousand dollars. Um, and that didn't include a uh, hotel or travel gas or anything like that. So um, it's incredibly expensive. And there was definitely times I, I grew up in a lower to middle class family. And there's definitely times when we didn't have food in the fridge, but I was still going to hockey practice. So I recognize uh-huh. all those sacrifices that my parents made for me to be able to play.
2: Absolutely.
1: So once you get drafted, OK, that's where I was going, the salary. Yeah let uh-huh. talk about the salary
4: <laughs> yeah so unfortunately in in our women's professional league right now uh we don't make living wage so um max salary uh is about thirty five thousand, and the minimum salary is about 10. so if you were a rookie oh, player okay. you're receiving 10 um, and the higher end players in the league may be making around 30 um, if that's how their team decides to allocate the $300,000 that's allocated to each of the team to divide by 24 players. But um, uh, yeah, so on, uh, on average, um, if you divide it equally between each player, each team gets $300,000 divided by between 20 and 24 players. Each player is receiving between twelve dollars and $14,000. So it's definitely difficult. We're not making living wage. Almost all of us have a nine to five outside of our um, our sport but still got to be in the gym training. So we see the uh, gaps here.
2: (laughs) So do you get sponsorships or, and how do you feel about um, the new rules? I don't know if you know about them in the United States, but these college kids being able to use their name and getting paid for Mm -hmm. advertising and
4: I think yeah we we definitely um are able to get sponsorships in our league so so a lot of that does come uh, a lot of my my extra income comes from my social media collabs um I do a lot of public speaking, my mentorship program painting et cetera um but but yeah, I think um in terms of in terms of that, i think i mean well it's it's pretty difficult, and we don't necessarily have a lot of time to allocate elsewhere but um. Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah. <laughs> So, did you paint the picture behind you?
4: I did not paint this uh, behind me, but there are several other paintings down here in my in, in my apartment that I have painted.
2: <laughs> I
0: love it. So, you know, if you're not making the money, then it's definitely got to be the love for the sports. I mean, why else would you continue to um, to do it? You you just have to love it. <laughs>
4: yeah and i mean that's that's really we we all do love the sport and we really want to you know make way for those women behind us so that they can make living wage um yeah. i know that i'm not yeah. making living wage but the little girls that i'm mentoring right now there's no reason why they shouldn't be when they reach this level so we got to continue mm-hmm. to push the agenda and you know make sure that we're still playing so that they have a league to play in when we're older and although we might not make living wage we i'm sure all of us would love to see them make it when uh, when we're older and watching them. Right. Yeah. So she
1: pioneering, yeah,
0: pioneering mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> awesome. So, so is it because it the sport is not as popular, uh, you know, like the WB and, NB, uh, WNBA, you know, how their salaries mm-hmm. are different than the NBA. So, mm-hmm. and I'm sure the party, the men hockey's, Sport get paid different very well that that's where i guess equal rights come in yeah because you guys are um playing so is that because it's not as popular
4: well that's that's where i think people uh don't necessarily understand what we talk about in terms of equal pay for myself i don't think that i expect to make millions of dollars playing hockey i don't think that um we're at that level or you know the men have million dollar contracts but i mean i think the concept of us making living wage is the biggest thing um Mm -hmm. so i I think it's it's definitely difficult but the men make millions of dollars and i think we should be you know paid enough to put food on our plates (laughs) so yeah it's definitely um it's and it i don't think it's not even that it's not as popular um i think that us women, we don't we don't get the national television um, spotlight that we should. You know, they, yes. they tell us we don't bring in enough money, but they don't put us on TV. You got to put right. us on TV in order for us to make money. And yeah. every time a woman's team or a woman's championship gets put on TV, every set says, oh, wow, there was millions of viewers. And it's like, yes, there yes. are people who want to watch us. So put us on. Uh-huh.
2: Wow. Yeah. And how can we find you? Like. I know you. it's in Canada, but is there a way like, is there a website or something where we could see your games?
4: Yeah, so we are currently partnered with Twitch. Um, so that's a streaming platform. Um, and our last NWHL season was, was uh, broadcast on Twitch. And hopefully this year we'll have, um, they haven't announced all of our sponsorships and collaborations for this upcoming season. But I mean, hopefully mm-hmm. if we don't have a, a national television sponsor for our entire season, Hopefully, um, hopefully it'll be there by uh, next season or or whatever it may be.
0: <laughs> oh, mean mean girl so- hockey shouting you out. No. Right? <laughs> so Do you got to be mean to play hockey?
4: Ah. Uh- I don't think, I don't think yeah. that's think mean, but I mean, I definitely, Aggressive. yeah, I don't let anybody push me around, that's for sure. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so we want to hear more about your mentorship. Tell us about that.
4: Yeah, so um, actually upon graduating, uh, like I said before, I, I didn't know if I wanted to continue to play hockey. Um, just because of everything I had experienced. But with that, I wanted to find a new purpose in playing. And that new purpose is playing for the little BIPOC girls behind me that want to play and be welcomed in the sport. Um, so I decided to start my mentorship program. Uh, my mentorship program is completely free to all BIPOC women in sport, um, all across North America. So what I do for them, we, uh, we send out monthly newsletters. Um, we have weekly zoom workouts when I'm not in season. Um, we have guest speakers, monthly guest speakers. Um, and we really just provide them with a community that they can come to, um, (laughs) and meet other black hockey players that that are just like them. Um, most of our girls do play hockey, but I do have a few other girls in other sports, um, but everything is virtual as well. So uh, that's why it's all across North America. It's via Zoom. Um, we have group calls. I've got a big group chat with them and it's been great. A lot of the girls have realized that, you know, somebody who, who is black and goes on the ice lives 20 minutes down the street from them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't yes. know that. So that's been absolutely amazing for them to be able to make friends. And if I am in the area, um, I currently live in Calgary. I'll be going to Toronto next Sunday. Um, So Calgary, I have two girls that I work with in person here. And then when I go to Toronto, I'll have about 10 girls uh, that I work with there. And I hope it keeps growing. Um, I've got girls all over North America, but got about 45 girls in the program right now.
0: Wonderful. That's
2: amazing. Now,
0: I had a coworker here in Texas. I'm here in Texas. And so... Texas because we don't get the type of weather that you know Canada gets, so yeah. I think that's why it's hard for hockey here, but their family was willing to let their son go live with someone on yep. the East Coast or someone to play hockey. Yeah. I mean it's mm-hmm. like oh yeah I that's, mean, that's, he was that's like junior
3: thing. high,
4: yeah, mm-hmm. that's a big thing in 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 uh in hockey is is billet families um going somewhere else to play. Uh, going to a private school, um, myself, I never, ha- I mean, I had offers to go to private schools, but I couldn't necessarily afford that. Um, so I played within my within my city, but I definitely know kids who have gone all the way across the country to, uh, to play their sport and to play on the team that they want to play on.
0: <laughs> wow. Now I think you have a podcast.
4: Yes, I do. Yeah, tell
0: us about that. <laughs>
4: Yeah, so um, I run a, a podcast. I'm the host of Shut Up and Play podcast uh, where we focus on athletes as activists. Um, so we allow athletes to come on and vocalize their opinions um, and let let the world know why they do what they do. Um, our first ap- episode was called Taking a Knee. Uh, it's by, uh, and It was about Colin Kaepernick. We talked to Gwen Berry. Um, she is a U.S. Olympic hammer thrower. Um, we talked to multiple. Um, we talked to Seattle Kraken president. Uh, We talked to multiple people and the podcast is really meant to showcase athletes as activists and show that we are more than just athletes um, and really show that we we, to give them a platform and to educate others. Uh, I think that the first episode is definitely very educational. I learned a lot myself, to be honest, um, even as the host. And uh, we're excited to continue with it.
0: Awesome.
3: Awesome.
0: (laughs) Ladies, do you have any other questions? We are just. Uh, I just really, really appreciate you coming on the show and talking to us moms and educating us on what it takes to become a ice hockey player.
4: Of course, yes. I hope to see more black women in the sport because I'm I'm ready for us to take over.
0: <laughs> hey, I like that. I like that. So, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and hopefully, we can check out a game on Twitch because uh, I haven't seen a yes. game. I would love to be able to see a game.
1: Uh, Carter, I love Renee hockey.
0: Carter got a question. Mm-hmm. OK, go ahead and
1: read how can, it. How,
4: how can one make it easier for young college graduates to get picked by a Euro team? Um, mm. To be honest with you, um, a lot of the Euro teams that I have come into contact with, um, They've reached out to me and to be honest, most of them reach out via Facebook. I think that that's probably their, their easiest way to find us. Um, but if not, I would say reach out to them. Uh, I think that a lot of people I think a lot of people are up in the air, whether they want to stay in North America and play or whether they want to go to Europe. Um, but if you are looking at going to a, a European team, reach out, send them an email. Um, I think coaches are always happy to hear uh, from North American players, especially um, in the European leagues.
0: Good. Thank you, Renee, for that question. Very good. Yes, yes.
2: All right. Any other questions for our guests? Oh, no. We just applaud you. And I, I also applaud um, all the work that you've done for Black Lives Matter and just the awareness of people of color and our value yeah. And in every sport, not just sports, but just our values. So I applaud you for it's not easy to, to step up, especially when you are one of the only, Yeah. Mm-hmm. you know, people of color. It's hard because you just want to belong. But I applaud you for saying, you know what, I'm going to do what's right.
4: Yes, thank you so much, and I I love it. I think uh, whether, I don't care whether my girls, obviously I want them to make it to that college level and potentially play Ivy League if they want, get that scholarship that they want. But at the same time, there's also girls in the program who, who just love hockey and have fun with it. And developing those relationships with other black women, I know that that's definitely what I needed. So um, when I was younger, I needed a, a strong black female role model. And I think all of us yes. black women have needed that at some point. So I, I'm so glad that you guys are, are spreading your your light and your insights as well.
2: Thank oh, you. thank you. Thank you so much. Very kind.
4: Well, right. It's been an
2: absolute pleasure, Kwasika. Kwasika, you got any other questions? You want to say anything? You well, always have wisdom. Yeah. Oh,
1: oh! I was gonna go into. Would you rather? Do we oh, have time?
0: Yeah. For that? Yes.
1: So, Miss yes. Tinker, we have this game really, really quick. Okay. Would you rather game? Right. Mm-hmm. And so, I just want, and I, I'm gonna open it up. So would you rather stay on the desert or on an island?
4: On an island, for sure.
1: And why would you want to stay on the
4: island? I mean, my dad's Jamaican, so I feel like I mean, I feel like I I should be there. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's in the blood. It's in my blood.
0: <laughs> yes. I have one. Would you rather go without shampoo for the rest of your life or toothpaste for the rest of your life?
4: Ooh. Damn, my curls. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna say shampoo.
0: Oh, wow, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
0: because you can use baking powder, you know, substitute for
2: well, that hair. True. That's and true. You got some pretty yeah, long yeah. hair, too. So, <laughs> 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 all right, Carmen, you got one. Um, let me think of one real quick. Okay. So, would you rather? Um, I, I really don't, actually. Oh. I can think of something. Well, you know what? I'll use an old one. Um, uh-huh. Would you rather? Um, superpower. Would you rather fly or be invisible?
4: Be invisible.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yes. I agree. I
4: said that I said that far too confidently, but I mean I feel like there's always those times where I really wish I was invisible. <laughs> right.
0: That you were in the room and nobody knew. Yeah. So you can hear what's going on. Yes.
4: We listening.
0: <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, all right. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. We really, really appreciate it. And we wish you well on your upcoming season. So when is the season started or did you just finish? Uh,
4: First, uh, first game is November. I think my first game is November sixth. Okay. So I, right. I leave for I leave for Toronto next Sunday, um, and my contract starts October first. So we'll be on the go soon.
0: All right. Well, many <laughs> blessings on Thank your season, you. absolutely. And we hope that you have a wonderful season, and that God just covers you in no injuries Thank or nothing, you. and you <laughs> have fun. Absolutely. No they missing
2: teeth. Life. No. <laughs> <laughs>
4: All right, sounds good. Thank you, ladies. Uh, God bless. Thank you. <laughs> bye
0: uh, bye, yeah. So it's time for Big Mama, you guys. Let's go.
2: You. Big mama, yeah. <laughs> Big mama, you gotta take yourself off. There you go. go. Uh,
6: oh, I know you go. hi, Good evening. Good so Roya is working all her black girl magic. I am <laughs> loving it. Uh, yes. What is her podcast? Shut up and play. Yeah. Like, oh, boy, right? I mean like that. <laughs> yes, indeed. So, ladies, I just got a few things this evening. Not gonna hold you long at all, but I want to talk about <laughs> baby them Cowboys. So Jerry Jones says, "Now, well,
3: let me say this: the Cowboys do the opening season, and Dak is ready to come back Thursday night. But Jerry wants to put Zach Martin in the mix. Um, that's the offensive guard." Uh, he tested positive for uh, coronavirus for COVID. So he's saying, Jerry's saying that if we don't have Zach, well Zach to me is not the whole line. He may be a leader, but he's not the line. And then you have all these other key players that are already C D and you know ready to go out and make things happen. But personally, I don't think Dak is ready and I don't think Jerry wanna tell us. But that's just our boys. So we're gonna watch uh Brady come to, to do what he does. Brady is ready, him and his books, he wear champs. We're a champ. He's ready to come. So, so Jerry to sit and say that because Zach is out, that we might be in trouble. So oh, Jerry he was in trouble. <laughs> he was in trouble when you started training camp. But I'm not gonna be on them boys hard this season. Who that baby, we're gonna come on Sunday and do what we do. Um, but I, I think those books are ready and we're gonna see what the Cowboys do. I can't even tell style in front for them. You know how mama feels about them cowboys. <laughs> but I love that Jerry I already making an excuse. So let my second thing. So Notre Dame played the Florida Central Sem- this weekend, college football opened. Uh, of course, we know who is number one in the AP poll. Roll tie baby. We already know who's number one. But Notre Dame coach uh, Brian Kelly, they won. See, look at him. Just look at him. He, he looked confused. But anyway, the Florida Seminoles, they run for their money. They ended up tying, going into overtime. And he made the statement that we didn't uh, execute well that's why we didn't have such a big lead that's why we didn't win so cleanly he said i should go and execute all of them so of course twitter took that and
6: the fans everybody that he said executed execute like he's gonna execute um he comes back and say it was tongue-in-cheek but it could have been but it's 2021 and you just can't do that um so kelly just just Watch your, your, your little tone. Watch your little sayings. Everything that you say in the dinner table can't be said out at the other tables. And my last thing, Cam Newton. Cam, once again, yeah, you better look up, baby, to the hills from Winston with your health. Because again, you are homeless. So this is the bottom line, Cam. You may not want to be vaccinated. But if you want to work, In the NFL, you're gonna get vaccinated. So however you wanna work it out, call Big Mama, we can talk about it. It's gotta happen. So that's all that Big Mama has for you today. But I just wanna tell you, remember this season, I'm talking about balance, talking about balance. Balance is not something that you find. Balance is something that you create. So make it happen, parents. Create that balance for your children. That's all I have, ladies.
0: All right. Where's everybody at? There they are. Oh, that was wonderful. Thank you, Big Mama. So you guys, what? Let's go to uh parent tip. What kind of parent tips that we have this week for our parents as we're getting ready to close the show?
1: For our kids. Yes, yes. I'm I'm you know what? I'm going to be honest, guys i'm stuck on the emotion emotional part with that video um i really felt that yeah i really felt that and and you'll be amazed how many of our kids are dealing with that you know and it you know what it sometimes it don't even have to be sports it could be something at home it could be something personal outside of friends or family <clears throat> so my parent tip is find out what's causing the pressure it's some pressure somewhere emotionally um it gotta be i mean it's gonna go back to balance it gotta be a balance but we gotta and here's the thing i had realized when i first started this show and i'm just you know being transparent when i first started this show i, I mean i was just so timid and i'm a, i'm always about i'm not always but i am a bold person when i speak and talk but i'm just so timid and i didn't even know what words to say because emotions were suppressed we talked mm-hmm. about this miscarriage, and so with our kids a lot of stuff that they hold in it could be from the childhood
5: right.
1: uh trauma trauma is big now it's been big like we said we put it under the rug and so mm-hmm. we thinking it's just it's just sports and it could be but then too it's a lot of more it's a lot more to that suppressed emotions they got to get to somebody to where they're comfortable and they're able to speak. And sometimes it's even the parents is not they're not even comfortable to tell their parents, I am mm-hmm. gonna just be real with you. I mean, we just got to mm-hmm. be real because, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's a lot of things that they deal with that we don't even have no clue. We don't mm-hmm. even have no clue. So we definitely need to get somebody in like I don't even think family it gotta be somebody that is outside but have that experience transparent mm-hmm. have god in their life you know i'm just stuck on the emotional part because i know me mm-hmm. i experienced that like when we suppress those emotions that's why you may see depression and bipolar. And you see all of that because they don't kept it for so
0: long. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so, I just want to say yeah. to parents, uh, be OK with saying you don't have to go to practice today. And let me just let's just go to a movie. Let me just love on you. Let's just sit around and talk. Because I, I can very well say that that was my son was just like, you know, we're just a sport family. He was like, I don't even know, even know my parents outside of sports. And that was deep because that's all we talked about was sports. And so mm-hmm. I would just say to parents, you know, be okay it was like, hey, you ain't gotta go to practice day. Come on, let's go to the movies. Let's go out to eat. Let's go do something that you want to do. And uh just let them let their hair down sometimes.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, my t- yeah, yeah, my tip is very similar to that, Karen. I I just say love on these kids. Like yeah. we never know what they're going through. Um, just like Kawasha could said, depression and um, these kids think about taking their lives. These th- these kids like they're carrying a lot and no matter what, no matter what you do in life. Like if you can't turn to your mom and your dad, if we can't love you through it, then who else will? So I just say, just love them no matter what, just love on these kids and say, you know what? I might not agree with you. You know, you might be taking a different path, different than what I wanted for you, but I'm gonna love you anyway. And I'm going to love you through it.
0: Yes, yes. So that's it for Can We Talk Sports? Be sure to like, comment, share, tell somebody about this talk show. Tell some parents about this talk show yes. and how important it is for us parents to get our voices out. Share this video, subscribe if you on YouTube. And we can't wait to see you guys next week on Can We Talk Sports. sports. Bye. <laughs>